You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. The title of my message for today is Go the Distance This Christmas. Turn to your neighbor and say, Are you glad I chose you? See, I got to keep you on your toes because it's not always about repeating what the preacher says. Well, we are fully into December, uh, which means that we are kind of fully into the Christmas season. Coming in a close second to New Year's Day, Christmas Day is the most celebrated uh, holiday across the world. And so with that, we know that though some may not really be bothered too much about Christmas, many more are pulling out the stocks to make sure that this Christmas is all that it can be. Some of you will be hard at work uh, preparing a widespread of food. Maybe it's turkey and all the trimmings. I know some people have jollof rice and chapatis and all these widespread of food. Are there any Kenyans in the house that will be barbecuing this Christmas? You see these ones giving the chair? They're the ones that I know will be barbecuing this Christmas. Some of you are a bit like surprised as to why Kenyans barbecue, but I feel like you can go and ask the Gachinis afterwards. Uh, I heard uh, randomly that some, someone said to me that in Japan, apparently, they have KFC for Christmas. And I didn't believe that this was true. I didn't think it was true. So I researched it, and it actually is true. Please don't pull out your phones to research now. You can do it uh, after this preach. Um, some of us, we also go to the extremes of eating a lot at Christmas. It becomes like a man or woman versus food challenge. Now, I am not an advocate uh, for overeating, but is it really Christmas if halfway through the afternoon you don't pop your trouser button open because you are so full, uh, but also because you're trying to make more room for more? In terms of spending, according to the Bank of England, we spend £800 more during the December period on things like gifts uh, and presents and food and all that kind of stuff. And I believe it's probably more, actually, if there are any teenagers in the house. I know you probably asked for something like an iPhone 2000, which is probably more than £800. We can go the extra mile with extravagant uh, and elaborate decorations. I went through Coventry the other day, um, and the city center looks beautiful. I thought they made uh, a great effort. But then I, I went online, uh, and I looked up to see what other elaborate and extravagant decorations people might have um, put up, and I saw this picture. Wow. I also uh, saw another picture that looks like this. And I remember reading, uh, somebody said, imagine having to untie all those cords. I can't imagine. Um, I also had a go at putting up a tree this year. And to my surprise, it took me many more hours than I thought it would. But when I stood back, I was proud of my creation. But then I saw this as well. Wow. How, can, how, can, how do people decorate a tree like that? How do you get that high up? But, you know, I was pleased with my creation until I saw this. But then I went online again on Facebook, and this is what I saw. Now, the reason why I show you this picture is because this is actually, I don't know if I'm ashamed of this, but this is a picture of a tree in my hometown, Colville. Uh, and this is the effort they'd made. And somebody put up a rant on Facebook because they were so disappointed in the little effort uh, that we have made this Christmas. But it's okay. 
Um, but even as you come to the carol service this evening, you will see that we have also upped our game with rehearsals and creative elements and beautiful carol singing. But it's not because we want you to come and celebrate our efforts. It's because we want you to come and celebrate our King, Jesus Christ. And that's kind of what I mean by this idea uh, of going the distance this Christmas. Going the distance uh, is a term that was first coined uh, in boxing. It talks about the fighters who go all the way. They stick it out to the end of a fight without being knocked out. And that's the same for us. It's, it's to mean to do something to completion uh, and to fullness. You see, the festivities are nice, but I'm concerned that if we miss Jesus then maybe we wouldn't have gone the distance this Christmas. We won't have engaged with the season to the completion and the fullness that we are meant to because we've missed the one that it's all about. The one who is God, who left his heavenly dwelling and came from his glory, came to earth as a vulnerable baby, born to a virgin, grew up as a man with nothing of beauty to attract us of him. The one who lived a spotless life, free from sin, so loved the world, even those rejected and uh, dismissed by society. Then he came, and he came to the cross, beaten, bruised, and broken. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And he breathed his last breath. But then he rose on the third day victorious over sin and death, forgiving and taking away my sin and your sin, saving us from eternal hell, declaring to those that would believe in him that they are new creations. He drew us back in relationship to God, giving us his Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us and leaving us with a hope of spending eternity with him the King of Kings, the wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. If we miss that reality, then we wouldn't have gone the distance this Christmas. We would be like those running on a treadmill. You'll think you've gone far because you ran hard, but actually you would have gotten nowhere. But I pray for you that this wouldn't be the case that this Christmas wouldn't come and go, and regardless of whether you uh, engage with the Christmas activities or not, you wouldn't fail to fix your eyes on Jesus. You wouldn't neglect to go the distance this Christmas to adore King Jesus. In the Passion for the Present series um, that we finished two weeks ago, one of the things that really resonated with me, uh, and it was an astounding truth that we carried throughout the series, was however much we think we want him, he wants us more. However much we are passionate about him, he is more passionate about us. However much it costs us to pursue his presence, it cost him more. Jesus already went the distance for you when he died on the cross and cried out, it is finished. And so in this response, will you go the distance this Christmas for him? Well, if the answer uh, is yes, and your question is how. Well, today we're going to have a look uh, at a story in the scriptures that most of us are familiar with. Uh, it's the story of the wise men, also known as the Magi in Greek. And these men went the distance not only physically in their travel to Jesus, but also spiritually in their worship uh, of Jesus and what they offered of themselves to him. 
So I'm going to be reading from Matthew 2, 1 to 12. In the NIV version, it says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Then King Herod, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he, called, he, when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, go search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and they starred the, the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to the countryside. Well, before I go into uh, what we learn about the wise men, uh, often there are like images or depictions of the wise men that are not necessarily true. Uh, and I just wanted to debunk a few of them. Well, often it's portrayed that there are three wise men, but actually we don't know how many there were. It's only portrayed that way because the number of gifts were three. We also often see them, um, the, the nativity image is the baby Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and then the three wise men. But what we know is that they didn't actually come to Jesus uh, at his birth. They came much later on because it would have been too soon for them to travel that far of a distance that quickly. In the scriptures that we, read, we just read, it says that they came to the house where Mary and baby were, not a manger. Also, we know that Jesus was probably a little bit older at that time because when King Herod gave the decree uh, to kill all the babies under two, it's likely that Jesus just fell somewhere in this age gap. And lastly, maybe the wrong assumption that we often have uh, of the wise men is that they were kings and they're often depicted as kings. Um, and this is kind of taken from the Old Testament scripture, such as Psalm 72.10, which says, All kings shall fall down before him, all nations serve him. But actually, we don't really know that they are kings. But what we do know uh, is that because they came from the east, they are likely to have come from different regions, such as Arabia uh, and Yemen and Persia. Uh, we also know that because wise men, the Greek translation is magi, it actually means those who uh, watch the stars or astronomers as they, they um, would be more likely identified as. It means they followed the patterns of the stars, possibly as part of their religious practice. And what we also know is that they were likely to be rich and esteemed. They maybe came with uh, an entourage of people, not just them, and they also came with treasures, which we read that they gave to Jesus. So going back to the story, um, just to help set the scene a little bit more, in the Old Testament, 
uh, various prophets such as Zechariah uh, and Isaiah and Daniel spoke about a Messiah that would come. And then he finally does come, but he comes in the form of a baby, Jesus. And Jesus is born at the time uh, where the Roman Empire is the dominating empire. We've got King Herod the Great, uh, and he's ruling these people. And under this rule, um, the Jews are kind of oppressed and suppressed in their worship of their one true God. In place of that, they have what we call pagan worship, which is worship uh, of multiple gods. But even so, uh, the Jews would still have listened to the teachings of the priests and the, uh, and the teachers of the law about a Messiah that would come, even though they didn't maybe understand uh, fully what he would come to do. So while others continued to live uh, their normal lives in this society as best they could, we find um, the story of these wise men who come from the East and they come looking for this Messiah. And from these strangers, there's great lessons uh, to be learned about what it means to go the distance this Christmas to engage with Jesus. And not just this Christmas, but in every season. Firstly, we learn from the wise men that to go the distance this Christmas means to seek him. You know, many of us are coming into the Christmas period seeking different things. Maybe you're going to have uh, a holiday off of school and you're just looking to have a little bit of fun at home. Maybe you're going to have uh, some time off work and you just want a relaxing time, forgetting about the busyness of life. Maybe you're looking forward uh, to an awaited gift. And all those things are good. Yet for the wise men, they were willing to go the distance because they were looking for a king. They went the distance uh, physically in a way that is quite uh, shocking. They probably went a distance of up to around 800 miles just to see King Jesus. And they arrive in Jerusalem uh, asking, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We, we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. We don't really know or understand exactly how they understood Jesus to be the one they needed to seek after. And we don't really understand either uh, how they knew that this was his star specifically. Maybe it was through generations, stories had been passed down. Maybe it was through their study of stars. Or maybe it was simply because God chose to reveal himself to them. Yet what we do know is that regardless of that, they were willing to go the distance to seek him. It says they were looking for the one born king of the Jews, which is a bit of a peculiar um, statement because not only were the Jews uh, an oppressed and a minority of people in that time, so to look for a king of Jews uh, would seem a bit pointless uh, or just not great. But also, they were looking for a baby. What good would a baby be? Surely there were many babies being born uh, at that time. But you know, the same can be said for us. You may be sitting here today, and you don't fully get the hype around Christmas, or more importantly, you don't really get uh, the hype around Jesus. Yet the invitation is still there that, with the little that you do know of him, with the little that you've heard of him or saw of him, are you still willing to seek him more? Because there is more of him to be found and to be understood. 
The truth is for us uh, in 2019 is we have received an even greater revelation of Jesus than the wise men. He wasn't just king of the Jews. He is king of kings. He didn't just come for the Jewish people. He came for each and every one of us. He didn't just come as a baby. He came as fully man and fully God. He came not for political power, but for power over death and sin, which he defeated at the cross. He came not just to reside in one house, but to be in each one of our homes, and more importantly, to dwell inside us. Esther read this morning, Emmanuel, God with us. He wants to be with you. On the opposite side, Unlike the wise men, we have these priests who were basically those that would carry out uh, religious ceremonies and the scribes, those who would teach uh, the, the law. And they, they weren't seeking Jesus. And what's interesting about this is that more than the wise men, they knew about the coming Messiah. It's what they had read about. It's what they had taught about. When asked, where is he born king of the Jews, they didn't talk about King Herod, though he was kind of king of the Jews at the time, if you think about it. Instead, they knew exactly what the wise men were talking about. They explained not only where Jesus would be born, they said, in Bethlehem in Judea, but they knew what was written about Jesus and what he would come to do. They replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. They knew these truths. But the problem is, they searched the scriptures, but they weren't like looking for a savior. They knew all about him, yet they didn't know him. And not only did they uh, know all about him from the writings of the prophets, these priests and scribes were actually very close to um, Jesus. I Google mapped, uh, and from Bethlehem, where Jesus was, uh, to Jerusalem, where these scribes and, prof uh, and priests were, was five to six miles. It wasn't a big distance to go, yet they weren't willing to go that distance. In fact, there was a point where they were probably even closer uh, to Jesus than that. On the eighth day uh, of Jesus being born, part of religious ceremony uh, is for Mary and Joseph to take their firstborn uh, to a temple in Jerusalem uh, as part of a religious ceremony. And they take him, you can read about this in Luke chapter 1 and 2. And they didn't encounter him, the priests and the scribes didn't encounter Jesus. But others had encountered Jesus at this time. The, the Holy Spirit had revealed to this old lady named Anna who basically spent her life uh, in a temple worshipping and fasting and praying to God. And when they brought Jesus, she recognized him and she sang to him. Another man named Simeon was described uh, as a devout and righteous man waiting for the comfort of Israel, which was Jesus. And as he waited, he was told again by the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't die before he'd see Jesus come. And that was fulfilled because he too met Jesus in the temple and he held him and he sang uh, a song about him, about what he would come to do. You see, what marked these people 
was a hunger to seek after Jesus. And they found him because God chose to reveal himself to them. By the spirit of God uh, to Anna and Simeon, he revealed himself. But by what was accessible to the wise men, he also revealed himself by a star. You know, God will meet anyone, anywhere, in any way that he desires. We just have to be looking. And my exhortation for you today is that you should look for him. Don't get so familiar with the Christmas stories and the carol singing and being in the very presence of God and even professing Jesus as your savior and yet neglecting to seek him this Christmas. Matthew 7, 7 to 8 encourages us and says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. And the one who seeks, finds. And the one who knocks, it will be open. God wants to reveal himself to a seeking people. Secondly, we learn from the wise men that to go the distance this Christmas means to worship him. Jesus doesn't just want to be found by anybody. Jesus wants to be found by those that desire to worship him. Because this is what we were meant to do. This is what we were made to do, to worship. This is where we find our fullness and our completion. You know, I recently um, saw uh, Baby Baines, who is Matt and Kaz's beautiful baby girl. And I was just cooing uh, and ahhing, but I was just too scared to hold her. First of all, because if you've ever seen a baby, their necks are so fragile, they just move like this. But also, uh, because people say, I kind of look a little bit awkward with babies, so I don't want to drop anybody's child. I wouldn't. But while we may coo and are over uh, a cute baby, these men, in all their wisdom, in all their honor, in all their stature, didn't come to do that. In verse 2, the wise man said, we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when we talk uh, about worship in this context, the word used is proskuneo, which means to fall down on your knees, to bow to the ground in reverence and worship him. And this is what the wise men did. They came in complete awe and amazement at this child that had been born. But worship isn't just about bowing down. It's about what we give worth to. Because what we give worth to is what we give our resources to, our time and our effort and our energy and even ourselves. And I think as we go into this Christmas period, it's a worthwhile question for you to ask yourself, what am I worshiping this Christmas or who am I worshiping this Christmas? Why do I go through the efforts of engaging with Christmas? Why do I go to carol service? Why do I spend my money to buy gifts? Why do I even, or why should I even seek Jesus? Or maybe for some of us, the question more so should be, why don't I seem to care about any of this and about Jesus? Let's remember that for the wise men, they were astrologers. And so seeing a star they may have easily turned to worshipping that. Yet something within the wise men told them that this light, this star, 
paled in comparison to the light of the world that had been born. The star wasn't what they worshipped. Instead, the star led them to the one who is worthy of the worship. And in the same way, you know, for us, Christmas is a time of joy and celebration. It brings joy to many of us. Yet we know that the festive activities, they come and go. And if our joy is in that, then our joy will too come and go. But we can go the distance this Christmas and press into the truth that, yes, the Christmas tree is nice, but only if it leads me to remember the tree that Jesus was hung on. Yes, the movies and the nativities are nice, but only if they lead me to remember the true story of a God that came to earth to have a relationship with his people. Yes, the gifts are nice, but only if they lead me to remember the best gift in the world given by a God that so loved us, his son. Those are the truths worth spending our energy and the time on. Because those are the truths that lead us to bow down in reverence and awe, worshipping Jesus. But there's one more way that we read uh, of what worship looks like. In the fourth week uh, of Passion for the Present series, uh, Mark brought a great teaching uh, on worship. And he taught us that one of the ways that worship can look like is it looks like to bring an offering or a sacrifice and this offering of, or sacrifice can be thought of as a gift. And the wise men did just this. They opened up their treasures and gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold for a king, frankincense for a priest or a mediator, and myrrh used as an embalming ointment, ointment for dead bodies to keep them smelling good. All these are said to symbolize uh, something of who Jesus was, but also what he would come to do. But they not only brought just something, not just anything, they brought their best. And bringing the best is really um, a significant point because actually when we read in the book of Malachi, uh, which is the last book in the Old Testament, right before we get to Matthew where this story uh, is found, there is a conversation happening between the people of God uh, and God himself through a prophet named Malachi. And in this conversation, God points out, God points out the way that the people have forgotten him and neglected him and even disgraced him. They would come to the temples and they would bring their sacrifices and their offerings. But what they would actually bring uh, are these weak animals, these blind animals. They'd come with their empty words. And God was not pleased with that. But God calls us just like he called them to put an end to this. In fact, he calls us to that so much more because he brought his son. In sending his son, he sets an example of the perfect and spotless gift that he brought to us. And in response to that, we can go the distance this Christmas to worship him by bringing our best to God. Well, what is the best gift that I can bring to a God that seems to have everything? Romans 12:1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. The best that we can offer 
to God is ourselves. It's what he asks for. So if he asks for you, don't bring your, your tired and run down self at the end of the day when you've done all your Christmas shopping or you've done all the other festive activities that there are, but bring your best self. Maybe instead of waking up early on Christmas Day to open gifts, you want to wake up early in the morning to sing worship songs to him who is worthy. Maybe instead of choosing to spend all your money uh, on gifts, you want to take more of that money and either give it as an offering here at church or you want to give it to somewhere where you know that there is a need. Maybe at the dinner table this Christmas, instead of sitting all that time and having uh, just random conversations about anything, why not take the opportunity to sit and chat with one another and to give thanks to God for all that he has given us. Tell him why you are grateful to him. Go the distance this Christmas to worship him. Can I invite the band to come up, please? Thirdly, we learn from the wise man that to go the distance this Christmas means to rejoice in him. Verse 10 says, when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. But I love the ESV version because the ESV version says, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. That's an extreme amount of joy to have. And I don't want to miss out on that joy this Christmas or ever. I believe Christmas time is a time that does bring joy for many. Yet we also know that this Christmas will come and go. And if our joy is based on the festivities, then our joy will also come and go. Yet the wise men rejoiced because they were led to a king. And this king is a king who offers everlasting joy. I also want to acknowledge that uh, this Christmas or Christmas may not be uh, a joyful time for everyone. Maybe you face loneliness this Christmas. Or maybe you have torn family relationships that you'll have to work through this Christmas. Maybe it will be a struggle to make ends meet for you. It may not be the season to be jolly or joyful for you, but there is always a reason to be joyful in every season, and that reason is Jesus. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He has brought us in to the family of God. He gives us everything, everything that we need, and our biggest need being a need for a savior. Luke 2.10 uh, to 11 says, But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I want to encourage you today. Do not be afraid as you go into this Christmas season. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The joy has come to each and every one of us. But this Christmas, we have to go the distance to seek him, to worship him. And then we will really find our joy. And more so, we will find that completeness and that wholeness and that fulfillment that we are looking for. Allow me to pray.
Lord, I, I thank you that there is an invitation to come and know the God of the universe. I thank you that you invite us to come and to seek you because you came to dwell uh, among your people. You came to give your life as a ransom for many. And Lord, I pray for anybody who would go into this Christmas period, maybe with fear, for anybody who would go into this Christmas period with a lack of joy and a, a lowness in their spirit. Lord, would you help them to come and find you as the one who gives all joy, as the one who is joy himself. Lord, thank you for coming to this earth. Thank you for coming into a broken world. Lord, we invite you into our homes. We invite you into our hearts this Christmas. In Jesus' name.